I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Man City Super Club on Talk Sport. What is a super club? It's not an easy definition, but what we do know is that these clubs win more games, attract more supporters, and make more money than other clubs. Super clubs have not always been super. From Real Madrid to Bayern Munich, all the super clubs started out with small, locally accessible stadiums where they met, trained, played, and did everything else. Over time, however, the stadiums grew in size, improved infrastructures, allowed greater accessibility beyond the local community and for expansion into spaces separated for match, training, development and business activities. Just like Apple, Google, Facebook, their emergence is often much like these successful multinational companies, rapid and explosive. And there is no doubt that this modern version of Manchester City has all the hallmarks of a football superclub. Yaya Toure's goal has won the FA Cup for Manchester City. Everyone in a Manchester City shirt on the pitch embraces one another. The blue moon has risen at Wembley today. The Barclays Premier League trophy is given to the Belgian international. The captain of Manchester City thrusts it high into the blue sky. Manchester City are the Premier League champions 2011-2012. And Vincent Kompany... Hoist the Capital One Cup into the air. The Antipo's favourite, Manchester City, are the Barclays Premier League winners again. Torre hits it right but it passed in. It's Manchester City's Cup. Balotelli, Aguero. I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Founded in 1894, Manchester City history is long, but is without a doubt entering its golden period. Forbes magazine estimated they were the world's sixth most valuable football club. On the pitch, they have won two Premier League titles, an FA Cup and two League Cups. This city is truly part of an elite club. There are affiliate teams across the globe. The women's team is the emerging force. The elite development squad is looked upon with envy by many. Even the neighbours are concerned. As fans, as journalists, we are used to looking in from the outside. But for this programme, with the help of Pablo Zabaleta, Manchester City defender, a first-team veteran of nine years, Nick Cushing, manager of the Manchester City women's team, and Simon Davis, manager of the Elite Development Squad, we will get a unique view of life from the inside of Manchester City, a modern super club. First of all, let's explain where we are. This is uh, the press conference area, room. Uh, Pablo Zabaleta is actually sitting in Pep Guardiola's seat. You okay with that? Yeah, I'm just looking like uh, Pep from the press conference now, just thinking. Uh, empty how seats, 2020, though. Yeah, <laughs> that is. <laughs> that's good, but I, I can't imagine how tough it will be for the manager, you know, to be a manager being in front of uh, so many 
generally sometimes you know in a good moment always everything is okay but in a bad moment sometimes you need to know the right answer all the time we can ask the coaches here if, uh, if they always have the right answer. First on your left-hand side is Nick. Nick have you ever sit, sat in here in, in this press conference? Uh, I've done two press conferences. In, in the Champions League, in the Women's Champions League, you have to do uh, pre- and post-match, just like you would in the Men's Champions League. So uh, it's, not, it's not normally full, but it, it's the same protocol and the same process. Simon, you've done a lot of that? A lot of, uh, um, not so much in, in this type of room, um, but um, my first job before I came to Manchester City, I was... Uh, um, in, a, in, a, in a club, actually Chester, um, doing in League Two, and I was a young manager. It was more because the club were embargoed, only had 12 professionals, and I was the, the youth co- coach, a young youth coach. So I got uh, a lot of that experience at a very young age. Uh, behind you, Simon, is the um, is the Academy Stadium, which must be the most impressive Academy Stadium in the UK, perhaps. Have you all played there or coached there? Are you, have you played in this one? No, <clears throat> we did only, I think, uh, a few training sessions when uh, they were open for the fans to come mm-hmm. and enjoy some training session. Uh, but uh, I never played an official game here. So, uh, uh, as you say, is a fanta- you know, the, the, all the facilities here is uh, just unbelievable and uh, you know, you feel proud to be a City player. In fact, uh, we left behind, once we crossed that door that got us into this room, uh, a side, a lovely side of pitches, uh, of all kinds of pitches. There's, there's lots of them, lots of grass. And uh, What do you feel, the three of you, when you walk through the gates into the, the training pitch? Are you saying, what a great place to go to work? Or are you saying, am I, how lucky I am? Or what, what are you feeling when you go through those gates? Pablo? Well, I think uh, if we if we go back to, back to the days where we were in Carrington, of course it was completely different than CFA today. What what it is, and I think when you walk through to the door, and of course you just think how lucky you are because not many players, you know, got the chance to train and enjoy those these facilities. But at the same time, I think you have to be humble and. And 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 think wh- why you're doing here, why you are here. You know, it's not all about you know uh, that mentality too much too soon. Of course, we, for Manchester City step, I remember Kaldum when uh, he first came to Manchester and say we're gonna build not only a good team, also a big club. And <clears throat> nine years after this, uh, we we can see how far we went from from that period. So. Uh, as a city player, you, as I said before, you, you have to feel proud. You have to enjoy those these facilities, and but you have to keep working. Have to keep a place in here if you want to keep using those. Uh, uh, I don't know, canteen, uh, you know, training pitches, uh, spa, everything we have got here. We cannot ask for more. It's just, uh, just fantastic. But uh, you know that humility that you need as a player also to understand that you are lucky to be here it means that you have to keep working hard to be a city player apart from how good you can be as a player it's also uh, you know be a good professional good behaviour be humble and good professional to be here as long as you can which is I guess part of the philosophy as well all that is part of the same thing that we will be talking about but uh, Nick what, what do you feel when you cross those gates? I'm conscious that when you work here and you work here every day and you come here because you spend as a coach you spend a lot of hours here on the training pitch and off the training pitch when you're planning you you spend more time here than you do with your family and I'm always conscious and I say this to my staff I'm conscious that it can become normal and you can get used to it and you can get comfortable and actually we're very as coaches we're very very lucky that we have the opportunity one to work on this facility but two also attract the best players because the best players with the characters that we want, they understand that the opportunity to become the best you can be is here because the facilities, it's not about me, the coach. It's about having the facilities and every opportunity to be better every day and to play in a winning team. So, you know, I say every time I recruit players that one of two things will happen when you come here. If you have the right character, then you will become better because the opportunity and the resources here but if you have the wrong character, very, very quickly it will be highlighted because you will get comfortable really quickly. You will start to enjoy the luxuries and and your ability and your performances will dip really, really, really quickly because, like we say, you know, when you become comfortable, 
you take your foot off the gas. So, yeah, I love working here and I love dictating that to the players every day and saying to them, you know, if you want to become better, use the resource, use the opportunity and use the facility. But if you, if you want to highlight that you have a, 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 the wrong character, you will stick out like a sore thumb here. Simon, when you drive into those gates, are you going home or are you going to work? <laughs> Go, going to, to work every day, I think it's important that because we've, the, the guys here, and rightly so, have said a lot of good things about the place, but also um, we have to avoid people getting complacent. Um, and, that, and that's a young players, this is the danger. I mean, the, the first team players are, are there for a reason because they're the world's best. That's why they're here. And they deserve everything we have. And but the players that we have to make sure that the challenges remain for them, for the younger ones, um, because there's a long way to go. They they see this and 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 it's and it's it's fantastic. Every day you kind of pinch, pinch yourself and realise how lucky you are. Um, and and that's important for the staff as well to realise that. But I think for 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 all of us, we have to keep pushing the players and making sure that this because maybe one or two will get through to the first team. And when others leave, then um, which, which which is just the way it works. When they leave, they're, they're not going to have this. So we we have a, a you know a kind of duty of care to them to kind of keep pushing them, keep finding the right challenges for them, because um, whether they make it here or somewhere else, we have the duty to make them into good professionals. I remember hearing you in Belfast in that coaching course, and and you were talking about uh, having to give the players. Uh, 2021 or 18, 16, mm -hmm. those players, um, a lot of uh, making it easy for them to, uh, so they feel comfortable, but at the same time pushing them. So yes. you we're talking even picking them up by taxi. Uh, mm -hmm. And and of course, Pablo, you mentioned there is this pass here and there is uh, all that. All that. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you stop them being complacent? How do you stop saying, reminding them that uh, your performance will dip? If you, if you I think sleep. I think it's um, the players' responsibility and also mine and the staff's responsibility. It's it's how we train every, every day. It's um, where you know if our players are late, they don't train. They train on their own in the, in the afternoon, and it, it, their inconvenience. It's all the little things because they have they have all this and they deserve this because they're the best players around, and that's why they're here. And we we have our recruitment team that you know are doing ever so well to to recruit the best players. But then there's work to be done and a, and a lot of that and the standards need to be right because, you, you know, Zaba and all the first team lads, they have all that. They don't just have talent. It's not just that. Talent will never be enough. Um, and we have to make sure that, that we have to keep pushing them to, to, to realise what it takes to be at the very top. Sometimes you feel like clubs like these are trapped into having to do that because if you don't do it, uh, the guys next door will do it and they will take those <coughs> players. But at the same time... Uh, these kind of facilities and this uh, easy life in a way that you want the players to have works against you because it makes them sleep so it's a, it's a bit of a, of a trap On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM Man City Super Club on Talk Sport Welcome back to Manchester City inside the Super Club with me, Guillem Balaguer. The club has only recently started to emerge as a Super Club. One element of the club's metamorphosis has involved creating links across the globe to ensure it can access skilled players. But here in Manchester, the club is carefully building the foundations that has a big emphasis on local. 75% of the academy players come from the Greater Manchester area. Two minutes of stoppage time remain, it's 1-1. City pushing forward, it's Jesus! And the second attempt, he scored! Manchester City! Surely Someone is here. Fair to say that you've got the hardest job uh, out of all the coaches in the academy because you, you've got a bunch of players that are about to make it, that perhaps are desperate to make it, but they haven't had this kind of path. In, in, in life if they've been living in academies or, or, or developing in academies do, do you see that a lot of players that, that miss that kind of edge or not yeah I see I see the players that um, you know maybe at, at times they get rewarded and, and, and it's just part of the, the way it is in modern day football it, it can be frustrating even for me as the coach when I just want to see the stories that the guys have told it's it's all about the, the personality. It's all about the person. And, and we'll come, you know, I hear stories about, 
you know, um, you know, lads with really good parenting, and the, and you, and you get, you know, the the mums dads are together. They they want the best for the son, and sometimes that, yeah. There's no kind of story that tells all in, in terms of like that fits all. That you'll get some lads from that kind of background that really want it, and some that don't. Mm-hmm. Not enough. And equally, you'll you'll hear the the, the real tough stories. And you think, well, that's why he's got the drive. But also then there's others who think, well, life's given me nothing and I'm not going to give it anything back. So there's no kind of true answer that fits them all. And this is where, you know, I've listened to a lot and, and, and many more stories like this, but it'll come down to the, the person mm-hmm. and, and the environment. You, you, do you see them having the passion that uh, they're supposed to have, the passion that perhaps they had as kids? I mean, uh, it comes to my mind, uh, I know... Uh, one Premier League manager that uh, most of the talks that he's done uh, in the last two years is about having passion. Where is your passion? Bring it to you. It's not about tactics. It's not about uh, you know trying to set up the team. It's about w- where is your passion? Uh, it's still there. And they, they, essentially, the players that get to you have got that or you have to relieve it somehow? No, I, to be quite honest, no, I, I don't think um, that's the case. I think there's... Um, There's, there's some that get to a certain age it might be 14, 16, 18, 21 and, and it gets tough and they've been the best player at 14 and, and suddenly they struggle at 16 or the best at, still the best at 16, 18 and then suddenly they're starting to play against the men a little bit more and, and now they're struggling and, and they don't want to fight enough or they don't show that character and of course my job is you've got to be patient with that but you don't let them off the hook You know, there's no, there's no way out you either want to fight when it gets tough Or you don't, and 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 we have we have kind of both of that really, and I think most clubs do, and it's just realizing the ones with, they've all got to have the talent, of course, but then are they going to have the fight and the endeavor, and can they problem solve? Have they got the coachability? Because especially you know we've got the world's best manager, and he's, he's asking different things most weeks, and maybe during the game it'll change. So are they going to listen? Are they going to play for the team? Are they going to fight for each other? So all those things that. If you want to stay at this club, you you know at top clubs you're going to need to have. And uh, I mean, we had one just just the other week. We the first team played Bournemouth, and and they came back the, the next the next night, and there was a practice game. The manager asked for a practice game and, and with ourselves. And the first team to a, to a, to a man, every one of those who were playing against the kids, if you like. Where their attitude was fantastic and I asked the players afterwards you know, when we got back to the academy side of the building and I said just just ask, just think what they, these boys are feeling the first team guys some of them were on the bench maybe they've got their own emotions why, why didn't I play last night or some were even in the stand and travelled all the way to Bourne and yet came back played against the younger players and still their attitude was fantastic and I said that's why they're the best that's why they're at the top of the game And that had nothing to do with on the day. And I've not mentioned a result of the game, or a tactical, or a you know, or a technical. That just attitude alone is for me why the, those guys are at the top. Paulo, you, you feel that that's part of the job because, by the way, you've been a dad of players since you were 20. So in that World Cup, you mentioned you were already the dad of Cunaguero and Leo Messi, and everybody looked at you. You were the captain. Everybody looked at you uh, as, as as a reference. So in a way. You mature very early on, perhaps down to your experience. But now at City, you feel that's part of your job as well? Yeah, I think uh, the old players that we are in the squad now, uh, in, 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 in some part, we, we got that responsibility also to look after the young player and, and, and make sure that when they come to train with the first team, we, we need to, they need to be aware, like Simon said, you know, the right attitude to show to the manager they are ready to come and train for the with the first team. Of course, it's not easy because we, we are a big squad. We have two big players in each position. I know that. But uh, that is not an excuse for those opportunities when we play against them 11-11 or some of the training session like uh, today, the six, seven players of them came to train with the with the first team to show that attitude to show that passion that we are a city player from the EDS but we are working hard to as soon as possible be here with the first team so in in, in you know in one way we, we if we are a little bit slave and they don't run too much or they don't show the right attitude we, we have to be there behind them not not to shout 
to you know because sometime I I was you know also young when I, when I was training with the first team in San Lorenzo sometime when somebody some of the old guys they were shouting to me like come on do this do that uh, for me it was it was really good I'm worried when nobody say anything to me you know so uh, that's why I think we we need to talk to them in the right way we we need to shout to them because they probably they're not running enough or they're not working hard enough uh, without the ball uh, so you so know, what, we, what do you tell him? Do you tell him in that when he's training with you, or you tell him after, or you sit no, him down? No, normally I'm, I like to talk to them. You know, if after training I saw something that probably didn't like from the game or in the training session, uh, you know, maybe I, I, I want to find the right moment to say something to the lad because, uh, um, as I say, the manager is there, maybe. Uh, Simon is there to, to talk to them. Maybe I know the, the the right person to say something because maybe he's doing something that he's been told by the manager, or I don't know. But uh, what I cannot, uh, I need to tell when I when I see them, they are not working hard enough. Mm -hmm. For me, I not negotiate that. You know, they can miss one pass. They can because we all at the end of the day, we we all do mistakes. You know. That is part of uh, the job, and in football, it's like this. But uh, to have the right attitude, to work hard, it is something that you cannot allow. Especially the young players at the age of 17, 18, they cannot be tired. They cannot. They can run up and down during 90 minutes. That is for sure. Uh, but always in, in 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 the right moment and in the right way. I think they 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 should appreciate. When somebody comes to them and somebody for the first time and say something, because that is all you need as well. And that is the club, isn't it? It's not the facilities, it's not the titles, it's not how much people earn, it's not the cars in the car park. That is the club, isn't it, Simon Nick? Yeah, I think I think the club shows in, in what they do. I mean, in my particular role, what the what the football club does for the for the women's game and. The women's team are fully integrated within the academy with the with the EDS and all the academy players. But you know we we were we were good enough to be successful last year. But the first thing that the first team did is they invited us. We were on the training pitch. The the manager came over. All the players came over and congratulated us. And you know you look at their Twitter accounts. And this football club is is unique in the way that it integrates men and women across Melbourne and New York and the young players. Not all, you know I say in in my interviews you know. We get a lot of flack at this football club. Sometimes I think people perceive we're a bank, we're not a football club, and, and we're not. On the inside, I've, I've been here you know, 10 years now, and, and I've done nearly every job from the women's team to running the under-fives at the academy. And you know, This club's been very good to me as a coach in, in improving my knowledge of the game and giving me opportunity. And in turn, we all work very hard. I said before, didn't I? You know, I spend more time here than I do with my family, and I've got three children and a wife. So... Yeah, this is a unique football club and, and it's got good people and it treats people well. So, OK, we, we, we're getting a picture of what the club is about. Uh, can you, starting with Simon, give us, in a sentence, what's Manchester City? Um, a honest, hard-working club that's going in the right direction. Nick? You go next, Pablo. I can see you thinking. You give him more time. <laughs> I thought a question like this would. I thought you would ask me a question like this, and I think. I think, for me, this football club, it, it, it's a, it's an idea of excellence that it, it almost wants to show in every way, and, and I think that that's as simple as I can put it. And it, if you walk through and you see all the different badges, and you see the men and the women and the kids, it, it has an idea of excellence, and it wants to show that actually we'll show it in every way. We'll prove to you that our idea works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same thing. I think we we all working so hard for these badges, and and of course we cannot forget where we come from. To build that mentality and that club, it's not been easy, but it's not enough. We want more. But uh, what I see as a football player from the first team is uh, everyone is involved and working hard to make sure that we we are a better club and. and and of course, better team in 
EDS, uh, women's and first team. Pablo Zabaleta, Manchester City defender and a first team veteran of nine years, Nick Cushing, manager of the Manchester City women's team and Simon Davis, manager of the Elite Development Squad, have joined me for a chat in Pep's press conference room at the Etihad campus to talk through all the incredible developments and changes a club of this size has gone through to become a giant of the world game. Coming up, what is the secret to success at a club like Manchester City? Pablo Zabaleta reveals what he believes to be the key ingredients. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 10.53am. And it's a goal! Man City Super Club on Talk Sport. Manchester City's recent emergence into a super club has attracted a lot of attention. There is, of course, nothing new about the importance of buying star names and building a first team of world-class players in all positions. Really, the roof of Eastlands has been lifted off. You wouldn't believe this. It had to be Rubinho, didn't it? Further wide towards Tevez. Right foot shot! Magnificent from Carlos Tevez! Sergio Aguero! What a finish! Cool as you like! Was it back towards Balotelli? Right footed shot! And Mario Balotelli scores! Yaya Torre with a drive through away from Mikel. Brilliant corner! Brilliant goal from Yaya Torre! And the deadlock is broken! Gets it onto his right foot, shoots towards the far corner. Oh, Sterling's rising all right. Five faster men in the wall as De Bruyne hits it right foot in. That is sublime from Kevin De Bruyne. The blue moon is no longer rising. It's dominating the Premier League skyline. But City have now gone beyond that initial burst of investment and put together a project with very solid foundations. We're going to get into Pep Guardiola, in which seat you are sitting in. Uh, but before that, how did it get to there? As in, how did you see the process of Manchester City becoming a winning club? How do you create, if you can pick two or three things, how do you create that winning mentality? Well, uh, of course that you need big players. Um, since 2008, where the new owners came into the club and they start to, to spend big money to 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 bring in top players. Of course, that is the first thing that you need to have success, you know, to win games. What, what those big players do when they come in? Is it the way they train? Is it what <coughs> they say? Is it how they behave? Is it their standards? Well, uh, don't forget those players who, who came at that time, they were coming from big clubs like... Uh, Adevayo, uh, Colotore, uh, Carlos Tevez, um, well, Garibari, um, Nigel de Jong, Jay Given, of course, uh, Craig Villamy, they, they've been working for big clubs and, 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 and they brought that mentality that you need. Um, How do you as notice that? Is it the way what they walk into the pitch, or they train, or they uh, especially the, the first ones to get no, into the call bats? I think, uh, especially like you know, in training, where in the way that you prepare the game for the weekend, you know, uh, when you play for a team that don't have that mentality, you you can see in in, in the tra- in training that everyone is not working uh, hard enough, or that we are not preparing the game in the way we, we want to compete on the weekend. You you play the game as you've been training this week, you know. Uh, and 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 when you have uh, important players that they've been playing for uh, big clubs, they won, uh, you know, big trophies, they, they brought that mentality into the, into the team. And um, then Silva, you know, Yaya Toure, uh, I think we 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 created that uh, a fantastic team, where of course we started to win uh, important trophies, and and then it's just 
the pressure is, is, is bigger and bigger because uh, you, you know that you have a team to win something. Uh, so, um, of course, then uh, Carrington, the training ground being improved, you know, uh, a new gym, you, you start to to see that this club is having another dimension and 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 that's why the players we got that responsibility to to create that winning mentality yeah. uh, working hard during the week having a good behavior you know being disciplined uh, and then of course uh, going into the game to to play and win whatever you play then Champions League we, we remember how tough it was for us to the first few years in the Champions League because probably mentally we were not well prepared for to compete with the best teams so of course always takes time to uh, you know to, to have that mentality to play in, in the same way or with the same attitude during the week against Barcelona and Camp Nou or going in to play an FA Cup with a championship team uh, in, in England. So um, uh, over the, na- the last nine years since I've been here, uh, you know, that was uh, incredible how everything changed. And, uh, and of course, for everyone, it was a big ch- challenge to keep a place you know, in the squad, because uh, we we knew that uh, the money was there to to bring top top players, and uh, and one of the survivors from that era. <laughs> you passed all the filters and all the tests, <laughs> because the ones that don't, they just fall off the edge. Basically, that's that's what happens. Yeah. And you're talking about mentality, you're talking about behaviour, and a lot of football fans think that is all about changing players uh, you buy this one you get rid of that one you change the manager but unless you build a, a solid foundation like the one you're talking about you are a yo-yo club you go up you go down uh, and I, I think there's another confusion about um, Manchester City which is that now that Pep Guardiola has arrived the team and any other team uh, in the club are playing in a certain way Actually, Pep Guardiola is the consequence of a, of a decision of how, what philosophy this club had to take, isn't it, Simon? Yeah, I think um, obviously he's um, with his qualities and, and the staff he has, they're going to add to that and take it take it on some some more steps, I'm sure. Um, but it's something that the club has been working on for some time now and trying to have an identity um, to work from a clear clear way of of playing uh, throughout the academy. Um, which again lends itself to players being coachable as well, because there's lots of um, lots of detail within within the way we play, um, and and they've got to take that on board along with all the other qualities that that you know Zabas spoke about in terms of you know every step they go they, there's another challenge, and even when they get we talk about you know joking but you know Zabas surviving all these hurdles even when they get to the first team. You're not done. You know, there's more work to do, and uh, and the challenges are even greater. So, the, this is about yes, a, a way of playing, a philosophy of way of playing, but it isn't just about uh, what other people perceive as pretty football. You have to be brave the way you play, make good decisions, and and, and fight for one another because um, people may think that you know you know they press us tough and and that and that's enough but no we will find another answer and that, and that's our, our challenge as a, as a football club and that happens obviously at the first team um, because that that's that's the team that matters most but it, it happens all the way through and um it's challenging for all the staff at the football club and you know and, and the players the fascinating thing is that this philosophy wasn't born in Manchester. Uh, this philosophy is a mixture of, of, of ideals. Uh, it comes from Barcelona, it comes from, uh, from Holland. And uh, they were brought up with uh, those players, those coaches that started using that philosophy, were brought up with that idea and developed it. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you, you've been, that, that philosophy is kind of imposed here because people at the club at the top feel that that's the best way of winning and entertaining, I suppose, is, is both things. Mm-hmm. But... What was the transition for you, for instance, Simon, in terms of uh, where you come from and the kind of football that you uh, practiced and coached to having to believe in this and and, and die for this now? Um, well, to be quite as a as a coach, as a, as a footballer, I played for many different teams, and you know you learn good and bad habits off of good and bad coaches. So, um, so uh, you know you're learning all the time. Um, 
In terms of, of coaching, um, when I had uh, a free reign and the only role I had before I came to this club is uh, I was very fortunate in a way because I believed in a 4-3-3, which is majority of the time the, the, is what the academy is, play, is sticking to. You know, So it was a formation that I, I liked because it had an attacking feel to it uh, and a flowing, a flowing way. So when I first came in, um, it was... Um, you know, came in and you're lucky enough to come in the in the in the place. And but it was more than after that. I felt very fortunate because it was playing to my style. Although I wasn't coaching to that detail at the time, and I had to learn that. Um, but it was. I think it's got to be a fit. I think whether it be the players, um, the staff, everyone's got to believe in the way they work. If not, you get found out eventually. <laughs> um, so everything you do has got to be with detail, and you have a passion for it. We're asking the players to have a passion. Uh, there's a lot of staff at the academy, and I'm not just talking about the coaches, but uh, the physios and analysts, and we have the human science department now looking at uh, looking at the passion side of it and things like that, and the coachability. And everyone has a drive because this is a, I'm going back to the building slightly, but there's it's a great place to work, and everyone's desperate to work here, and we love it here, and uh, we're going to work hard to make sure we we all stay here. You're wrong in, in saying that. I believe that in all the changing rooms there is there is pictures of how the first team play or or, or your team plays the under twenty ones or under sixteens mixed with the first team, almost like in a in a in a constant uh, it's constantly on. So you all you all keep watching what you have to aim for. Is that is that you still got it or you got it in the in the girls team? Yeah, there's, there are screens everywhere and we have a, a huge performance analysis department here that are constantly constantly looking at all of our games, whether it's the younger boys, whether it's the, the, the women's first team or the men's first team. And I think the interesting thing is that our methodology here and our philosophy is is uh, almost like the end game. And, and, and what I mean by that is when you look at our team's play, we have certain characteristics to all of our teams that fit the same way of playing. The interesting thing for me and, and being where I've came from is in this is the only football club I've ever worked at. My whole uh, understanding of football and, and coaching has been built here over the last 10 years from the managers we've had, from the coaches I've worked with. I worked under Simon when he was the, the, the lead 12 to 16s coach here. And But one thing I've learned is every coach is different and, and coaching for me is all about creativity. And, and, and yeah, there is an analytical and a scientific side to the football, but... Our first team manager Pep Guardiola is is is, an, is the the best example that actually ideas and creativity around that real core way that you see playing is the only way that you evolve a team and and you improve players. And I watched Simon's team play last week and and he played three at the back and I naturally play four at the back. But I watched his team play and I seen the way that he played three at the back and I see some of those ideas and think. I, we had some of those problems, uh, just simple things of getting, uh, you know, defenders stepping in to go and join the field and look at areas, and that's something that I will take away and maybe have a conversation with him. And, and especially in the academy alone, we discuss a lot and we all talk about ideas. And but if you look at our teams and, like you say, going back to the question, if you look on the screens, all of our teams dominate the ball. All of our teams are technical. We want technical players and we want to. In, we want fans to come in and enjoy the way that we play and create chances and score lots of goals. Fernandez trying to stop Silva getting inside the penalty area. He failed. Sterling, it's put in. It's Jesus. 1 0 Manchester City with a goal that has been coming since the first whistle of the game. They've had constant possession, constant pressure inside that Swansea penalty area. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. And it's a goal! Man City Super Club on Talk Sport. Welcome back to Manchester City inside the Super Club. Pablo Zabaleta, Manchester City defender and a first-team veteran of nine years, Nick Cushing, manager of the Manchester City women's team, and Simon Davis, manager of the Elite Development Squad, have joined me for a chat in Pep's press conference room at the Etihad campus to talk through all the incredible developments and changes a club of this size has gone through to become a giant of the world game. We walked out of the media zone and we turned towards our left 
and it's all gated of course but uh, we went uh, through it and what you see is uh, green, I love green uh, on the left hand side there is one of the uh, pitches that the academy uses in front of us is a, a huge building uh, with a round shape uh, which hosts uh, everything that has to do with the academy more pitches on the right uh, there is players uh, in one, two, three, four, five of the pitches that I can see from here. There's in fact 16.5 pitches at the, uh, at the training ground. 12.5 of them is for the academy's use. And there is a wall right at the back of this uh, semicircular building and that's the wall that separates the hopefuls and the first team. And that's the wall that all these kids will have to break uh, if they actually want to become elite players at this uh, extraordinary super club. De Bruyne twists and turns one way, shoots. It's off the post. Adianacho can tap it in and the flag stays down. And City have a two-goal lead. Manchester United nil, Manchester City two. And Adianacho in the right place to just tap into an empty goal more or less. Have you had the chance to uh, to talk to Pep Guardiola about all of this? Uh, is he still uh, with with the Abadzans of the first team? Is he still focused on the first team, or does he share time with you? Um, yeah, um, between Cheeky, um, I, sp- I spend a lot of time with Cheeky, and uh, and and Pep, not as much, but still, um, when we can, obviously, he's a very busy man, and, and and the first team games come thick and fast, especially right now as we speak. But. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the way we play, um, but he's very keen on the, on the on how the young players are doing well uh, as well. So it's it's he knows that it's a big job that he has. He he has one one eye on the on the on the the lads coming through as well. Obviously, that's linked with Cheeky and and some of his, st- his staff like Rodolfo and and, and Brian Kidd and, and and all these other people around. So there's a focus on that. Obviously, the main job has got to be the first team. The the reason we was brought in was. Um, obviously, to, to do that, but uh, along with Cheeky and and the, and the staff, we've got one eye on the lads who come out. We have we have four or five lads who train the first half of the season with the first team, and then a couple have gone on loan now for their next challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, that'll be ongoing. But it's 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 a the philosophy they, they know is in place, but to be improved all the time because you can never stand still. But also, he's really keen on the on the young players and, and what's coming through the system. Chica Bigristan being the director of football, who of course was brought here with the idea of uh, of, of transmitting what he had learned at, at Barcelona, and Rodo Borrell, who was the uh, academy director at Liverpool, but before had 16 years at Barcelona, mm-hmm. and he's the link, I guess, between the academy and the first team because he's now part yes. of the first team yeah. staff. Uh, but uh, I, I think the the trainings of the first team are, are, are close to almost to everybody because they feel that. Uh, they shouldn't let too much in out there into the world. Uh, but how do you get to share that uh, knowledge? Uh, is, there, is there videos that you can have a look? You can have a look at the training in videos later yeah, if on? Yeah, if we're not, uh, you know, the manager and, and his staff are always uh, very welcoming. So if, and, and because of the games are on different times, our games are different times, so there'll be days where we're on a rest recovery day and we're always welcome to go and watch the training and, and discuss you know, so you know, it's always that when I say you, you've said about it's uh, close to many people. Yeah, that, I mean, everyone would be there if the door was open. I'm sure because his uh, his work is the best. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be the way. But in terms of some of our staff going to watch and share ideas, then that's always open. So he brings some sixteen-year-olds uh, and seventeen-year-olds and twenty-year-olds from your team as well uh, to the first team training sometimes. And he loves the uh, the dedicating time to correcting perhaps how the players receive the ball or how they play it or their movements. Uh, and because it's his passion, isn't it? His passion to actually um, develop players is, is his passion. So for somebody who's been at the elite for a long while, what does Pep Guardiola has added to your game, Pablo? Well, I think... Uh, his passion to try always to improve or to try to find the right way to to attack to to the opponent. He, we we watch a lot of videos where sometimes I know is a bit boring for some of the players being watching videos every day. But for the player who really love football and they enjoy watching, uh, uh, I'm talking about 
20 minutes video, uh, 25 minutes. I'm not saying an hour for an hour or two hours. He's he always uh, trying to you know to improve uh, the players, to improve the team. He likes uh, you know to play out from the back and always uh, to have two three options. The player who got the balls always to give solutions and gives you information about the opponent and in the way he prepares always the game is just fantastic and and of course uh, as a player you, you you see a lot of things that probably you never seen before um, this is uh, one of the main thing uh, like what um, always uh, who is the man free he's just uh, he always uh, you know we, we work a lot of on positional games where uh, he always trying to have an extra man in different areas of the pitch where where we can have the control of the ball or the control of the game and and and, and that's why when you have the ball you, you know who is uh, you know on the right side who is inside you got an option to play with a center back or the center back we play to the goalkeeper and we go to another side who is the player free to read those situations but of course when you have a manager who for, for him always the small details you know makes that difference you know he always trying to control the ball with the left to pass with the right you know always uh, he, he always is there to try to, to get the best from the players and this is why I like the most in fact in your case see if I'm right on this he couldn't teach you anything as a right back because you've done it all your life uh, in different teams with different uh, different levels but of course you had to play in the midfield and perhaps in the first time uh, for, 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 for quite a number of games. So did he actually have to teach you or did he give you little tips on how to receive the ball, how to position yourself yeah. and which place to receive the ball? So he's actually giving you like new lessons into your, into your yeah. profession. That's what I'm saying. When, when we do like ball possessions and, and sometimes we don't have a good control of the ball and we make a bad pass... You know, sometimes it seems that okay, a bad pass, and, and some of uh, you know the managers uh, or, or people around the staff say unlucky. You know, unlucky, unlucky. Sometimes, if you miss three or four passes in the same way, it's not unlucky. It's because you know, your body shape is not good. Because it's better to if the ball comes from the, the the right side, it's better to control to the left and pass with the right. Or maybe I don't know to move away from uh, from the opponent to have more space, or to play one-two in a, in a very short and then play long ball third man. I don't know. Uh, you know those things that those tips that probably we have seen in Barcelona. You know we we all been enjoying watching Barcelona for for a long time, but now is something that you you go Guardiola here with you and. And uh, and that's why you have to to enjoy. And, and, and I'm sure everyone is learning a lot from him. And this is good, you know, uh, to have uh, the opportunity to to have one of the best coaches. Is uh, we are very lucky. There are things that are happening at Manchester City which seem seem logical. All the coaches talking to each other uh, and the first team helping the the youth and uh, and all having a philosophy and a direction uh, but it doesn't work like that in every club does it do you feel that you are at the, f- uh, at the vanguard at the forefront of of something new something different yeah i i, I mean I, I like i said i've only worked here so i can only speak about this club but there is no football club in the world that that does what it does for its women's team that that you know i i i have a i have an easier job than most Championship managers, I say that a lot. You know, I have resource, I have backing, I have experience. I can go and spend one hour with Chiki Bergeristein and ask him about uh, why did the Barcelona teams of you know five six years ago do this? Why did your team of 1992 Barcelona do this? And and get a tactics board out, and he can. It's unheard of in the women's game, and you know through working through the academy and, and watching what what Mark Allen does and, and what Simon does with the with the EDS down, you know. In my opinion, no, there is no football club that, that works with the resource and the backing and the almost integration that this football club does. Let me ask finally, uh, when you hear what the club is made of, the things that you do to improve it, and the things that have been done as well, is it frustrating, Simon, Nick, is it frustrating to hear that uh, what Pep Guardiola will do uh, 
will be seen as a success only depending on the titles uh, or is it just a measure of how elite football is does he have to be measured by what he does or by the titles I think from from maybe outside people will put um, the, the pressure on it when you do any first team um, of, of a club of this size then of course you know there's pressure on winning but for 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 me and the way I see um, the way he works the way his staff works and the message that we get and uh, throughout the academy uh, every every day every week every month that we're working we're, we're all improving so for me you know I, I look at it slightly differently I'm sure the people at the football club and the business end will, will, will want to win things of course and we all want to, to win things at this football club but I feel quite privileged to, to be in this working environment and knowing that that yes, my job is to improve the young players, but also uh, I gr- get great satisfaction to know that I'm improving because of the people around me. So I'm just enjoying every day. So, uh, uh, you know, long may that continue. A super club starts being built with the small details, like players of any age shaking hands every morning to every person in the building. You also need to have the right people with the right attitude and then you're on your way. It takes time to reach the top but Manchester City are rushing to get there. Having heard from some of the people that give City their personality the impression is that the foundations are solid. They have to be or you will get found out. So it clearly seems Manchester City is a super club that will stay being such for a long while. Thanks for listening. Hasta luego. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson, and me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.